Hey everybody and welcome to the very first horror episode of 2022 of the Gimme Back My Horror Movie Podcast. You've got me, Charlie, I'm back for a whole new year and with me as always is Nate. Say hello to the people, Nate. Demons aren't going to ring the doorbell, Charlie. They might, maybe they don't want to be rude. Nah, they're not going to ring a doorbell. Come on, what, I mean... Think about it. What would you least suspect? The doorbell ringing and a demon to be on the other side? I think that's the sneak attack. No one's expecting. And as a, if I was a demon, I'm ringing the doorbell. Now, one of those yeah. ring doorbell things, that kind of kills it now. Uh, that would be. That. that would actually kill it. Even my front yard. Yeah, it would kill it. But See, I if I, I was a demon, one. I would do ding dong ditch. Oh, okay. Yeah, so well, that's more still, terrorizing to me. I guess it is, but again, ring doorbells. Yeah, but once again, up. the camera on my front porch would just be like, oh, the one time an Amazon guy got past the camera and I never saw him. Okay, now so see, maybe it was a phantom Amazon guy that dropped I, off so the what package. Ninety percent of them do that, and our delivery guys have now decided that my shop, which is the furthest building away from the house, is now the front door. Oh, that's, that's, where yeah, they, that's where you yeah, got to put it. They put every package over there, so now we got to walk the driveway over to the <laughs> shop, and they don't. And I'm like, you know, fair enough for the holidays. I'll give you a oh, break. Oh, yeah, I get it. Come February, March, walk your ass to my door, man, because uh, it's <laughs> yeah. cold outside, and I don't want to do that shit. But, uh, wow, we, we really went went into something there, man. That was totally unplanned. No. Uh, <laughs> So as I said, this is the this is actually the first recorded episode in 2022. Dan and I did the inaugural episode for 2022 before Christmas because you know we wanted to spend time with family. So it's like, hey, let's record a bunch and then uh, we'll get back on schedule. But we still have a weekly release, so it worked out good. Yeah, and it's this is actually a funny story. I like we recorded stories. Deadly Spawn right before Christmas, and we were like, oh, you know, we're going to cap off the year. Everyone made it. Congratulations. And, like, I don't know, three days later, I got COVID. You did. And you, I have not even been a week out of quarantine yet. <laughs> no. We, we, we couldn't get together over Christmas when I came up to Ohio. Uh, I Nate couldn't had be play. around anyone during Christmas time because I felt like dog shit. Oh yeah. Oh, we we. I don't know how he could text how he felt through it, but he would. It was just like, oh guys, again. I'm not gonna make it. And the weird thing is, you're reading it in that voice. You know, normally we have happy go lucky Nate, but when you're reading this, you're like, oh damn, he's about to die. <laughs> and then, like earlier, I sounded like Tom Waits, and I was like, God, how am I gonna record when my throat is on fire? But you know, some tea and honey. We are good to go. I'm going to try my ass off not to cough nonstop for the next we'll work, like we'll work around it. You know, podcast. I, I I I do my little editing magic and stuff like that. But you know what? You know, we're putting it out there right now. Nate is recovering. He's doing okay. Yeah, but he I'm might okay get a little... now. I've watched literally every movie on the internet and only played Halo for ten days straight. So I'm caught hey. up on the internet. That ain't all that bad then, man. That no. That yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, we, I came up for Ohio, to Ohio for the holidays and everything. Got to spend time with her with Jackie's family. 
Pete which got is the cool. crud. Yeah, Pete. Pete got the crud. Pete. We were all supposed to hang out. Me, you, Dan, and Pete. And we were yeah. going to record something and have a good old time. And boy, did we drop the ball. Nope. I spent the holiday sitting in a recliner at my in-laws. We had to open up gifts via webcam. That was strange. FaceTime in one another. <laughs> wow. That yeah. would be weird. It now, was did, very did strange. You... Did you open someone else's present to show them what they got, or did they actually give you the present? So like, I think Hannah's that would have been more fun. dropped off the gifts, and I like opened the crack of the door with a mask on, going "Thank you," and then like shutting it, and then Hannah would bring it to my door, and I'd scurry and I grab everything, <laughs> and then we we uh, they and I like FaceTimed one another of like, "Oh, cool! Look what they got me! Oh, cool!" <laughs> and then like when it came time to give like Hannah stuff, I was like, "Well." It's in the room with me, so it could be, you know, poisoned for all we know. <laughs> but, you know, we'll sanitize it real quick and then, like, open the door and throw it all out there. Throw like, there it. <laughs> Just throw it. There it is. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So 2022's Christmas can only go up. I think everything 2022 right now can only go up. Man. Oh, I hope. And speaking of going up, we broke 2,000 downloads before the end of the year. Thank you so much, everyone. I can't believe we pulled it off. Uh, I was I didn't know if we were going to do it. but we I didn't did. know if we were going to do it in those final uh, that final 24 hours. <laughs> it really was. Nate thought <laughs> Nate lost a whole day. He thought we only had like to the 30th. And then I was like, no, we got one more day. We, we can barely pull this out. Uh, but we did. And I mean, I mean on the good side. We're not to our year anniversary yet either. That's at the end of the month. And uh, we got a busy month ahead of us, too. We do. I'm actually going to be a part of the Action Podcast all month. Yeah. Technically. So, uh, yeah, Nate is going to be on the next episode, which is just happens to end up being my birthday episode. I get to pick it. Um, we'll save the surprise for, you know, as it gets closer. Oh, but uh, I can't wait. <laughs> I got to pick one of my favorite movies so nate's gonna come in on that and we are gonna i'm also doing a birthday horror one so you're gonna get one of my favorite horror movies and nate already knows which one it is we're both psyched and um then we're doing the anniversary episode so don't know exactly yet how that's gonna go we are gonna be covering a movie that pertains to our anniversary and um we'll just kind of see where that takes us yeah it's gonna be a good time celebrate good times absolutely well speaking of good times we have something special for the people although they've already seen it and maybe they've already seen my really cool title that i've made and it's called the give me back my horror movies double feature wasn't expecting that (laughs) (laughs) so we're doing a double feature going to cover two movies and i think we picked good ones and i think we'll so tell- too this is very well, similar to what dan's thought process was of this is the dollar movie section at your local uh yes. video store that's exactly I, what both of these are i think we should tell everyone that the second one was not our original pick so no let's let's get into why the first one is what it is and what happened with the second one let's do that we're gonna we're doing the gate. They've seen the picture. I know we yep. always try to be like this surprise. No, they push the no, button. They, 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 they know actually what click it the says. button. They know what they're doing. Um, so we're doing the gate. You know, with a very very young Stephen Dorff. Um, I think it's like his first movie. 
it is it's his debut. Uh, those of you that may not know, he was uh, in Blade with Wesley Deacon Snipes. Frost. He was Deacon Frost, and a handful of you know other people in the eighties. No one really. No one did anything note. else. Like no. anything else, which is kind of disappointing. I hate when we do that. You know, it's just going to happen when we dig into movies. It, it like really this. is. But this, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we decided let's do The Gate 2 because it seems to be pretty hated in the horror community. And I don't know why. I've never seen it. And I haven't either. We had it planned. We did. And it got literally scrubbed from the internet. Like, not required or anything like that. I mean, no, no, no. We do it, it was legit. available on Amazon. It was available to stream. It's gone. Don't know what the, happened to it. <laughs> the day Nate was ready to watch it, which was a couple days before me, he messages me and he goes, like, it's gone, dude. I'm like, what? what? I said, it was just on there. We both know it was. And it's it, not even for rent. Video unavailable. Yeah, so it's just like, completely disappeared. So I'm guessing there were some licensing issues with that the it, uh, stream got, rights or something. Yeah, my guess is being in the new year, it got sold in a bundle to another streaming platform another publisher it'll probably yeah. reappear and maybe we'll cover it in another double feature just to kind of see uh, yeah what happens get it. it i wanted to do it because it was such a odd see the gate if those of you that may not know is kind of like this kid horror movie and i don't mean it's a horror movie with kids i mean it was geared towards children and it's one of the one of the earlier pg-13 rated movies it is yeah and it has a lot of similarities to what happened because this film came out in 1987 um to kind of give you a i guess a look into what was going on in 1987 you had horror movies coming out like hellraiser the lost boys near dark nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors fantastic one of my favorites um monster squad evil dead 2 house 2 creep show 2 slumber party massacre these all came out in 87 yep. that's insane in 1986 though gremlins came out and after gremlins came a bunch of movies came out of tiny creatures attacking people yes. the gate being one of the first ones and then you had like ghoulies munchies hobgoblins critters. yeah the critters like it's yeah. just non-stop it took so, off after that yeah and yeah. there are some other lesser known. I think there's one called like Subterranean or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's some other yeah. like yeah, uh, there's some... definitely like just straight to the video, like bottom of the shelf kind of thing. Uh, this one's not far from that. I mean, yeah, Stephen Dorff is a star now, but this one fit those criteria. And the reason why I was wanting to do The Gate 2 is. It's rated R. It's like, okay, we gave you the kid version. Now let's ramp it up and make this movie R-rated. And I was curious about where they went with that. Yeah, because it's the same director and writer. The director is Tibor Taka, Takas. Tibor Takas, something like that. And then the writer is um, Michael Michael Mankin, and he wrote both of them. And... We have a kid in this movie that's name is Terry, and he's a metalhead kid. That is my spirit animal because he's got yep. a sweet-ass jacket with a venom patch. Then he's got another jacket that has killer dwarfs 
on the back patch. Oh, I can't wait to get into what this kid is. But the second one mini follows Nate him. Around. It was. It literally was mini me. <laughs> so yeah. the second one follows him. I just we don't know what his adventure is yet. No, we'll we'll dig into that later uh, as soon as it pops back up on the internet. So we uh, we had a choice. We make one whole episode on the gate, which I guess we probably could have. There's enough we content could've. in it. Yeah, but we were both like kind of disappointed. So I started just you know how you'll go on and like Google a movie, and then it'll have like other movie recommendations and you fall so, into a rabbit hole. Yeah. So I again, kind of how I found Deadly Spawn. I found Cellar Dweller, and I'll be honest, I've never seen this movie. This was the first time I'd ever seen it. Um, um, same, and I didn't know about Cellar Dweller until maybe two months ago. It popped up on Hulu for just like a month, and I remember seeing the artwork and going, that looks badass. And that, then, I mean, that's exactly why I sent it to you. I went, I sent it to Nate, and I said, check out Cellar Dweller, and he goes, I'm in. I was like, well, that was fast. Um, And man talk about a movie that lined right up with stuff we've already been talking about and is i will save it for the second part of the show but cellar yeah, dweller is that. the shining star in this uh double feature um, um so let's uh let's get into the gate here a little bit and let's start it off with the trailer to the most evil place you can imagine a gate behind which trailer's a bit unfair to them. I don't technically believe they opened the gate. They just said the magic words oh, once they just the gate read was exposed. From a textbook and that looked like it was on an Etch-A-Sketch. It was the magna, not quite the magna doodle, but it was this thing that had like black, um, not, not really sticky. It was weird. It was like a couple pieces of film like carbon paper. But it was all plastic, and you could write on it, and then when you would lift the sheet, it would disappear. But it always left it. Oh, I remember those now. Yeah, remember those? Yep, definitely. Came with the little red pencil plastic thing that never stayed in place at the top of it. Exactly. And this Um, movie, like, played into the late 80s uh, 
satanic panic with the records being played backwards and the oh. evil metal music. Dude, this one is like the anti-propaganda for uh, D&D and, you know, heavy metal and, you know, yeah. what, what are you letting your kids do? But like, what I love... Do you not so, have an eye on your kids at all times? Yeah, but it's still the 80s and it's like, uh, we're parents. We're just going to go out of town and leave the kids to watch themselves. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is what I don't get. This is what I'm upset about. I grew up in a tiny house with poor ass parents. And you know what? When you grow up poor, your parents never leave the house. Mm -hmm. You never get to throw a house party. And if you did, you would not be able to fit many people in a tiny ass house. So what I learned is movies lie to me because when you're growing up, only rich people get to have parents that leave the house and also, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I couldn't even have 20 bucks left on the fridge to order a pizza to be delivered, because no one delivers damn pizza in the middle of nowhere. I think we struck a nerve with Nate, but I'm... We did. I... We struck two nerves instantly with this movie, because then also, the kids have a treehouse in this movie, and I never got to have a treehouse. I didn't need a treehouse. I lived in the trees, man. I was going to say, you're like eight feet tall. Did you even get to play in treehouse? Or were they like scared that you were going to Robin Williams jacket and break it? I uh, I just, I, I played in trees. I you didn't just need a house in up trees. in the trees. Now, we you know? had a tree in the backyard that would have been perfect for a treehouse. Yeah. But it wasn't on our property. <laughs> it was a, on the other side of the fence that some dude in like Cincinnati owns, I think but was never there. It's just woods. But they man, would I climb that mother. It was so much fun to climb. I feel like Nate lived in like the, the, the same but different area that I grew up in because I, <laughs> I'm the same, dude. Uh, small house. Uh, my parents rarely left at the same time. Mom would go like to a thing with Granny or Dad would end up like working late or something. And so... It, it, but it was nothing ever to where... One's going to be gone for an entire weekend. That's impossible. And no. even then, if they would have been, dad's dad sense would have been like, party. It's happening. How, we how have do, to I'm go like, back. And you know, I don't care how good you clean. How do you not walk in the house and go, I smell beer? Yeah, smell no, it's impossible. cigarette smoke, because I want to bring that up, too. In this I smell teenager B.O. Yeah, but uh, no, I never had parties. I never went to parties. Never did. Uh, I went to like one party when I was 17. That whole trope in movies is foreign to me. No, I I literally was the kid that got to stay at home, listen to metal and play Halo 2. Yeah. See, that's all I I did. I'm like, I didn't go to that. So I had Nintendo. Uh, Ben would have been the more metalhead. He got me into metal. So he would have been the best friend that's showing me all the, uh, awesome albums that are out the cool and, artwork and yeah, stuff making me mixtapes and uh you know all all the stuff like that but yeah i that everything with when it comes to these teenage parties are foreign to me college yeah, they're totally non-existent college movies are foreign to me i didn't go to college so it's like i went to I community have, college you don't have parties in community college i have zero connection with the with that trope in movies and it's what it is man i just i i I don't connect to it um not whatsoever it upsets me there's times where i wish i did and there's other times where i'm like nope 
Nope, that would have required talking to girls, and that's impossible. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> oh, man. That's... I'm sane. But I'm sane, also, dude. like, eighth grade would be like Cody and I would be watching movies and drinking red cream soda and him shooting me in the head with a crossbow with a battery. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that that was typically... That's what... That's what dorks do. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, man, because that's uh, how I watched the majority of these types of movies. And probably The Gate was hanging out with Ben, and we would just go raid the local video store, bring them home, and watch as many as we could, man. I would spend the weekend over there, and it's just, put the next one in. All right, that one was awesome. Put the next one in. It's It's amazing that I haven't seen all of these movies yet I can still yeah, find like, ones that I haven't. It's so the wild. Gate, I don't know if I saw it as a kid or not. I definitely know the first time that it came to my attention was probably like seven, eight years ago. I went and saw some like uh, horror movies at an independent theater. Yeah. And in between it, they would show old school trailers, and they showed the trailer to the gate. And I remember that like captivating me. The trailers are insane. Like, oh, I don't remember this, but I need to see this if I haven't seen it. And even when watching it recently, I was like, I still don't know if I saw it as a kid or not. But this movie has some crazy fun special effects. Throughout that's it. what that's what saves this movie, because there's a lot of stuff happening in this movie before the fun of the movie happens. Like it kind of drags a little bit at the beginning. If I'm going to be 100 percent honest. It's in, it's fun watching the kids interact with each other. Uh, Steven Dorff plays Glenn, who is basically your Elliot knockoff from E.T. You yeah. Know, he and almost then, has the same haircut. Yeah, uh, like he has this like innocent uh, Americana oh, dude, this charm is, to him. This is total Americana. This is he wants all he wants to do is shoot off rockets in the backyard with his big sister. And all right. Another thing. <laughs> I had one rocket as a kid, and that damn thing didn't launch. I wasn't allowed near explosives, probably for good reason. But <laughs> um, yeah, this is the kid that put gasoline in his super soaker and made a flamethrower. So, <laughs> yeah, and you know that retro super soaker that came out last year with the big yeah. tube on the back? That was the one. Nice. If yeah. you fill that tube up with gasoline and you have a, a, a fire barrel or trash barrel and you shoot the stream across the top of the trash barrel when it's on fire, a flamethrower comes out the other end and you had to make sure that the flame didn't come back up into the super soaker. Children, yeah. we are not responsible for any fires that you may start after listening to this. Uh, do I guess do not try this at home. Disclaimers need to be added yeah, to guess. the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's what we did. So there are parts of this movie where I'm like, yep, me and my buddy totally would have grabbed shovels and started digging in a hole where a tree fell down because a rock, a geode fell out of it. And that, the geode thing pisses me off. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, not that they found it, but we'll get there. All right, we'll um, get there. Yeah, I love the metalhead kid. He's my oh, favorite character. Harry's his best friend. There's a scene that takes place in his bedroom where his posters are literally my office right now. Like, he has an Iron Maiden trooper poster. He has a live after death poster. He has a purgatory poster. 
He has a number of the beast poster. These are all posters I have either owned or I have different Iron Maiden posters and wall tapestries in my office currently. He did has. You, did you see the Slayer one? I was going to say, he's got a Slayer Live Undead. That's a deep cut right mm-hmm. there. That is a fantastic album. And with the digital copy, you get Haunting in the Chapel. Excellent mm-hmm. EP. He has a heavy metal magazine hanging up in the back. He has oh, yeah. uh, the Cramps poster, which our Near Dark episode, we talk about the Cramps and them having uh, a perfect song played at a beautiful scene. Um, There's and another he's listening. Near Dark crossover, too. Yeah. Which one? Um, The Kid from Near Dark was the uh, runner-up. Homer? To Steve- yeah. Was the runner-up kid to Stephen Dorff. Wow, that kid's creepy though. He's not Americana charm. That it was the innocence of Stephen Dorff won it over, but he was like they were the two in line to for this part. That's in the multiverse. It is. Man. Well, like, he's listening to a band called The Sacrifice and their Which is a real band. The Dark Book. It is, apparently. It's like a Canadian but band or something like not, that. The album but, is not. Yeah. Theirs. It's a fake metal band. And the they, album tells you how to open the gate and how to close it, it if you play it backwards, apparently. It, it's instructions of <laughs> yeah. open and close. And all I could do was, is I, I was like, I bet the guys that did Deathgasm knew the gate very, very yeah. well from that. And those of you who haven't seen that movie, go watch Deathgasm. Go watch Deathgasm. Because uh, there's literally how to raise Satan lyrics and spell hidden inside the album from the the, the, <laughs> the singer from the band. Which I have gone through all my records. There are no linear notes that tell me how to summon anything. So all my nope. records are posers. Couple things played backwards. That's about best we ever got. Yeah, maybe. And like, yeah. I'm too nerdy and scared to like actually play my album backwards because I don't want to scratch it. Well, I love the fact that as it played forward was how you release the demons and then Terry figured out to play it backwards was how to stop the demon. Well, yeah, it's just <laughs> like how you uh, stop a succubus. You uh, sing their song to them backwards. Backwards, yeah. That's all you gotta uh, do. Was, the the old Rumpelstiltskin story fable where he had to, he had to get him to say his name backwards. Yeah, um, that's all you had to do. Yeah, but uh, no, I I love all of that. It was just it took forever to get to anything somewhat exciting in this movie it, it i'm like come on where where is just even a little bit of oh well, it's like at the classic high school party they start out doing witchcraft the lie of course a feather, yeah uh what lie as a feather what the hell is it uh light of a, fe- stiff well, as a light board. as a feather stiff as a board i know Which, that like, from the craft I, I think i know it from south park <laughs> it that. is in the craft though <laughs> it is in the craft well like they launch our boy Glenn across the room with it. And they don't act bothered at all. No, because, you know, I guess that one nerdy girl is just like, yeah, I do witchcraft. That's what I do, bro. But then we she goes, kids. she literally says, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm done. And then they're making fun of the kid because he cried because he fell 20 <laughs> feet through a light he got fixture. Launched. Yeah, like broke Two a bunch light of shit. fixtures. <laughs> I'm like, y'all are assholes. I'm like, uh-uh. 
so uh, uh, yeah so uh, hey i'm again i'm not connecting with any of that just him and his buddy beating the shit out of a geode in his bedroom (laughs) with a sledgehammer because that's what you do man if you find something cool you get a hammer i always had to try to find a hammer somewhere lying around (laughs) that's what you smash stuff with this thing's gonna be worth like a hundred bucks man we're gonna be rich yeah this is this is it we're gonna buy so many baseball cards (laughs) so but yeah so they, they do all this other stuff and finally when like everyone goes home everything settles down some final final weird shit starts happening you know we don't get to see the cool dudes yet but like things are moving in the walls weird ass moths that are attacking everything but they're just normal moths yeah and from my understanding there's no cgi in this movie but the moths no. looked totally cgi to me i don't know i think what they it did was... i can't figure out how they shot it well for what they did for the other creatures it's the same thing it was forced perspective was they were able to do things in an overlay remember the crappy ass fire from near dark yeah where it's like just film a fire and then we'll just kind of copy and paste it over that's homer actually easier to make believable with like smaller moths that are flying about you know it doesn't look as fake as fire would because it's not actually burning the kid. But then they do so, like 150 moths all at once. They do. And then there's a, a bug zapper outside that's zapping them to death. And this is where I'm also kind of like, I may be reading too much into this, but it was like the second he unplugged that thing is when everything decided to attack the house. I'm like, was the bug zapper protecting the whole family for the a bug while? bug zapper is actually... A uh, sacred bug zapper that keeps demons I, away. I um, guess so. I'm probably gonna go buy a bug zapper at Menards tomorrow. And then just I'm to like, be safe. so there's there's two things I'm irritated about the geodes was they found the first one fine. Okay, it was right under the tree root ball. He finds it early on. It cracks open. Cool. It looks cool. Then they find this thing that's the size of a beach ball and drag it inside. They crack it open, and I'm expecting goo or a baby demon or a little little old two inch baby demon being all born like a raptor out of jurassic park anything but no it cracks open a little bit of green gas comes out of it and then nothing so that irritated me then it irritated me even more that in the album art they make a point to go look the main demon is holding the geo in the picture i'm like aha i know what you're gonna do <laughs> and no that geode is never brought up again whatsoever it it's has just no mystical properties it has no need to be there the demons are like what man that's our poop and i'm really certain <laughs> to think that's what their poop was <laughs> and sometimes we like to hold it and have artists draw us as we hold it i'm like how do you make such a big deal? And look, we're well versed in this stuff. Obviously, there's an ancient artifact. There always is an ancient there's always artifact. an ancient artifact from like the Roman Catholic Church, <laughs> something, or from where they are from. Nope, nope. Petrified poop. That's all I'm calling it, man. It, it's <laughs> that. That's what irritated me the most. Not even how he kills the demon, which is. 
insanely laughable, but I was more irritated oh. at the geode. Hysterical. But the little demon guys in this are fantastic. Yes, they are, now, actually. There's moments where I think you get, like, probably 30 on screen. All these guys are actual rubber suits, and it's all forced perspective shots of actual full-grown men normal-sized men in these suits and they because of the budget they could only afford one face yeah so that's why they all have this weird confused look on their face and what they would do is like because these demons are only supposed to be like what a foot and a half tall not even that and they're looking up at humans right they would put like a base or like a tennis ball up above the actors and that's what those actors in this mask would try to look at and if they mm-hmm. look confused it just worked better for the movie um well it's just like how effect, they did they did the hobbit and that they how they filmed for the hulk how they was, nearly broke ian mckellen because <laughs> all the tennis yeah, balls he, and he was like i want to act with people yeah but you remember the things of mark ruffalo running around on the green screen and there's this big thing off his head that held a tennis ball because yep. that was the hulk's face that's who you're supposed to look yeah, at not ruffalo's yeah, that's so hard. And it's awesome that it that, that has continued. But no, these things are like the size of Marvel Legends. They're like six or seven inches tall. They were not and that big because when they grab hold, they're like tiny. When they cut the one's arm off, it was like an action figure arm. Yeah, and then like it turns into maggots and goes underneath the door. Okay, it looked like sperm running around there. Yes, I did it not did. Get, I did not get <laughs> maggot from that. I didn't want to go there. I was trying to think of other stuff. So then I got to write sperm, then I got to cross it out and go call it maggots. I'll use the technical term, but that's what it looked like. <laughs> A gentleman named Greg Reardon did these practical effects. And he did the Goonies. He did Weird Science. He did Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. And, like, they built these sets. And, like, it's just so cool. And the funny thing is the giant creature is actually stop motion. And that was done mm-hmm. by uh, Randall Cook, who's worked on, I don't know, The Thing, yep. Ghostbusters, Fright Night, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. These are great people to have on your team to create your creatures and bring them to life. This movie wouldn't be what it is without what they did with the special effects and the creatures. No. They, um, they're, even though, I mean, the acting is not great in this, even though, hey, Huge props to Steven Dorff. He's in as a kid. Even in his first role, I bought him as everything they were trying to sell him at Studio. Well, he didn't become annoying during it. You know, I no, I, I understood. Like, he he showed like a good emotion. Like he would get his feelings hurt or he would be irritated at his sister. You know, I bought like, that. I bought the sister and brother kind of like not liking each other, but still being brother sister. Yeah. The thing with this. And I remember you with like were shocked that I was like, oh, I didn't enjoy the deadly spawn as much as I wanted to. I still enjoyed it, but it just wasn't yeah. quite there. This did for me what I wanted the deadly spawn to do by having these kind of characters because they're all memorable. Where deadly spawn's hero is spent in the basement for three fourths of the movie. Yeah, but so again, and that's kind of where it's you're dealing with where, different budgets and stuff. Yeah, that's where budget comes in. Yeah, movies are completely different based on budget. This movie was technically a hit. Like, here's what's weird: it has almost like Gremlins had a budget 
of like twelve million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. This had a budget of two point five million. Yeah. So you watch Gremlins and you're like, oh man, the scene where they're taking over the movie theater and they're like taking over the town. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's because they had the budget. They had Steven Spielberg backing had them. Chris Columbus. They this had Steven Spielberg. They had yeah, every they had big all name. The big name of the eighties that you could have. <laughs> yeah. This has a two point five million budget, but still managed to make thirteen point five million. And looks as good as it does, and even watching it and you know, essentially high def. Still worked for me. Still looked. There's a moment where they have like a zombie creature that falls, and when he lands, he turns into like 15 demons. I love that. Yeah, and it that looks part so is awesome. cool. So yeah, we get like zombie looking dude, which is like this story Terry made up about a worker dying on the build of the house, and they hit his body in the wall so they wouldn't get in trouble. Well, first off, we all knew that kid growing up that would tell all those weird ass stories yeah the outlandish stories yeah, yeah. he's the the chunk from goonies character yeah you know. but and so what it, what the demons were doing were taking things from their memories and twisting them on them you know because terry's mom shows up and it ends up being the dead dog there's a dead dog th- thing i want to talk about here in a second that i can't i haven't figured out yet and i want another perspective on but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so very creepy on that. And then the parents come back home. And Glenn runs outside and embraces his dad. And his dad grabs him by the throat. And then the one scene in this movie that should have made this movie the r ratedest R movie yet was the face falling off and melting. Oh, the face turns into ooey gooey goodness because, like, oh it's my like God. the slime and it completely disintegrates and then falls off. Yeah, the head falls off. Glenn's hands are covered in the slime. In his dad's face. <laughs> and he's trying to process what's going on. Like, uh, apparently that wasn't dad. Well, I sure as hell hope it wasn't. And so that that part's insane. The zombie dude that comes to life and just pops out of walls everywhere. Honestly, there was a point in the closet where I did jump because I wasn't expecting it. I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, thank you. I like it when you guys can actually startle me a little bit when I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, especially when it's like something like this. Like, kudos to you. And like, the zombie, he gets stabbed in the eye with like a Barbie doll. And like you yeah. see it insert and everything. It that that was zombie Terry. So there's a zombie kid in this too. Yeah. And they made him look <laughs> freaky as all get out. And but it's the like, other zombie gets shot in the face. You see like the hole in his eye. And because the, this is the shot 80s, behind him. Yeah, because it's the 80s, um, kids just get to play with shotguns. That's a thing. Yeah, but they only put like one <laughs> shell in it, so that it, it's fine. But even earlier, like Glenn and Terry like find the shotgun, they're just like holding on to it terry like, can't put the damn thing down even i'm sitting there going <laughs> i don't feel safe and he's in a movie i'd be like yeah. what is going on here and then he he leans it up behind him and it slowly falls like totally completely unintentional and i'm sitting there going somebody grab the gun somebody yeah, grab yeah. the gun please it's just God, grab the gun. <laughs> so and i will give it this while it was slow build up once everything starts happening this movie it picks up a pace that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm strapped in for this ride. 
and I, I was having a blast with it, seeing the little little demon dudes running around. The giant arms that come flying out from under the bed like grab the sister. Loved it. Um the the main demon thing was cool, but it was outshined by the eyeball in the hand. I was gonna say the eyeball in the hand. Oh my god. I don't god. think I could ever stab my eyeball hand, but I would also be upset because that'd probably be my whacking hand. And I'm- you wouldn't I'm just say gonna make sperm, things awkward. And you would say that. I don't understand your thought logic <laughs> on that one. That one didn't make any sense to me. Cool it with my wacket hand. My wacket hand. <laughs> well, he had a one-eyed monster in his hand, so <laughs> Yeah, he did. Yeah. Now, once again, did you make, notice... took a drink when I land the joke. <laughs> um the giant demon kind of remind me of the new sand creature from the latest episode of Boba Fett. Yeah, no, like, it, it really did. It really like it has like the same amount of like limbs and stuff, just a little bit of T-Rex arms. But I was like, oh, this looks like Boba Fett monster. That's pretty sweet. It, it looks it reminded me a lot of the uh, Gorgon from Clash of the Titans. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So the multi arms and stop motion done yeah. well, but done stop very motion. well, um, especially but- for how big it is and like. Yeah, it grabs on the Glen and stuff. Um, I, I did I have want... a really good idea, too. OK, hit me with your idea, because there was something else I wanted to point out. But I'll, you go first. Remake Despicable Me, but with these minions. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, because they're minions. I mean, that's yeah. that's what they are. So just remake Despicable Me movies, but with these yeah. little demon guys. Now, if memes were a thing in the 80s, all of our aunts could have shared these memes of these minions instead. This is true, which I yeah. think would have been more weird. It would have been very weird. Yeah. But all of our aunts sharing the other memes of the minions is weird enough. So it's just them sharing memes, period. Yeah. Is weird. It is and weird. I don't know what an eighties meme would look like. I don't know. Make you can make us some. But uh <laughs> there is a there is a thing I've noticed with the eighties. They loved eyeballs. Like we oh, if just you can got put an eyeball on something, you do it. We just got done doing Beastmaster. There's a ring with an eyeball in it. Uh the the witches in I think it is Clash of the Titans, where they all share an eyeball. Yep. Um there's the Dark Crystal with Augra. She's got an eyeball that's running around there and she has to pop back in her eye. Army of Darkness, uh, Ash gets a eyeball on his like shoulder. Eyeball area, right in his shoulder. Uh, there was this huge eyeball movement in the eighties, and it, it it totally freaks me out. It's like, and this one was done well. I just don't like multiple eyeballs. That's like nah. a thing with me. Multiple, multiple eyeballs is like multiple no. Multiple eyeballs suck. Let's uh, what else? What else we got left on uh, the gate here? Anything else about the movie we want to talk well, about? I mean, our final monster is killed, like you said, in the most ridiculous fashion by a rocket launching into into its chest. The demon's chest and exploding him into fireworks everywhere. Now, because, like I said, I can never get my rocket to launch, I would have ended mankind because my rocket would have never launched into the demon and kill him. I can't tell if we're still talking about the one-eyed monster in your hand or if you're talking about an actual rocket that launches in the air. Actually, both. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has taken a turn. <laughs> Look what 2022 has brought us. Look what it's done. Also, oh, man. 
when Glint gets thrown from the demon after he explodes him, he does like a million ridiculous flips out of the house. He would have died on impact. That kid gets bounced around more than a kid in a bounce house. I mean, this kid goes flying everywhere. He would have had and, jelly bones. And also, where are the neighbors? <laughs> they don't where, exist, dude. They went what, out of town, too. Where is anyone? In, now, I did read why, and it does make sense, because this movie was filmed on a soundstage. This was not filmed, like, on location. In a neighborhood. They, yeah, they so had you can't the, build neighbor houses. No. Well, what it was is they had an exterior shot of a house, and that house was in a brand new development that was currently being built. So there was too much stuff going on. So they had a couple of exterior shots of the home, but everything else from the backyard, the tree, everything was all done on a sound stage. And it works because one of my favorite shots is when they're looking down the hole and all the dirt is like pulsating and moving. And I'm like, that's actually really cool how they, you know, made that effect. You know, it didn't nice. make any sense, but it looked cool. Yeah. But um, they did say though, that the original script um, was a lot darker and probably yeah, it was supposed to be a lot darker and meaner. Cause like the writer was going through some uh, depression phases and stuff and, well, he wrote, wrote this kind during of a broody. He wrote this during a divorce. Yeah. Um, but there's literally parts that were written that the demons were going into neighbors' homes and dragging them out and killing them. Um, so there was a lot of dark I mean, it would have been an R rated movie, I think. And they probably had to tone it down just to keep it, you know, in the kid friendly zone, which is what they wanted. Um and Reading the info, I know we're running a little bit longer than we intended, but it's a double feature. Everybody will be fine. Um, I was reading, they were talking about the, the boy that the girl is interested in had to carry the dog around the back of the house. Okay? You with me? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dog's alive in this movie, and then it dies, supposedly, in the movie. Um. There's a note in there that says during the filming, he was struggling to carry the dog, so the producers took it to a taxidermy place and had the organs removed. What? Yeah. Um. So, that led to a lot of questions that don't get answered in any of the trivia stuff or anything else I've found, and no one else has brought it up. I imagine because so no one wants to talk about it. But would that not have been a stunt dog, like fake body? Because the dog comes back to life at the end of the movie. Has to or be. Or did they film it and the dog died and they went, well, we have a prop now. And the dude drives around with a dead dog dog in his car and can't carry it so they take it to a taxidermist to remove the organs it's in imdb i mean and you know anyone can add stuff so i'm not saying that it's like an official thing from someone that was involved with production but that's checks and balances on that kind of shit like that's but weird. it's also very specific you know like that's yeah. not something even a demented person would be like and then they took the organs out. Yeah. I, 
what were you guys using a dead dog? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, that doesn't make any. Yeah, here it is. When Eric was supposed to carry the body of Angus around the garden to be buried, the actor struggled to carry it because of the weight. So set designer John Baker brought it to a local taxidermist to have the organs removed to make it much lighter. And it literally has a spoiler thing above the top because it may include plot points, basically the dog dying. I don't know, man. That's weird. We're never going to get an answer. Probably not. Our audience is left in tension. Well, they're right there with us. We're left in tension. Yeah. So, all right, bud. Uh, yep, he kills the demon. Everything goes back to normal. Uh, we'll explain the rest of the end of the movie in our segments, which is the very next one we're gonna we're gonna do. So let's do raining bloods. Yes. That's our new and improved 2022 Raining Blood segment. Hell yeah. Uh, Nate's been on me. He's like, it's just it's just blood sounds. I'm like, well, it's literally Raining Blood. How much more do you want? He's like, I want more. I want more. metal. So <laughs> I gave it to him. So uh, the Raining Blood in this is zero. Uh, this is a Give Me Back My Horror Movies exclusive. I think this will be the only time. I hope that our body count is zero. It's a little odd. Yeah. I'm a little scared. I don't yeah. know what to do. Like, no one dies in this. No one. I mean, we maybe a dog died. We don't know. That yeah, mystery that yet might to have be been solved. IRL, but we um, really don't know. But the zombie dude grabs Terry to the nether realm. He grabs the sister to the nether realm. Um, the zombie dude was a made-up story, so he doesn't actually exist. Yeah, he wasn't real. The no. dad, Melting Face, was, was an just an illusion. And um, when the then the dog dies because it was Terry's already dead mother. So we can't say that she is a body count because she was already dead. During, yeah, you know, the beginning of the movie, there is an actress that plays her, and that's you know he's hugging her, and then all of a sudden he's hugging the dead dog, which is disturbing, to say the least. Um, but when the demon's destroyed, everybody comes back, even the dog. They're all alive. The sister's back. The the buddy Terry's back. None of the teenage kids that were there, the twin girls we didn't talk about, were just laughable they are your 80s valley girl characters running around there with the teased up hair neon everywhere i didn't live in a world of neon in the 80s i want to put this out neon 80s was tv and movies and some of the bigger like metropolitan areas 
rich people once again get to have all the fun with that while we don't have our parties and we don't get our 80s neon. We lived in brown paneling. Brown paneling everywhere. Orange couches. Orange and green couches. We had the carpet still from the 70s. There was no, you know, in the Nintendo commercials where the kid got the Nintendo and he's got his his uh, spiked hair with frosted tips and, you know, his half buttoned up shirt and, you know, with his fingerless gloves and his acid sunglasses wash jacket. and acid. I had an acid wash jacket, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't look like that. You know, we had crappy haircuts, <laughs> crappy hairdos, way too much hairspray was true. But we did not look like it did in the 80s. See, I was born in 88, so I was more 90s when being a kid. And that was yeah. just everything was big. And for some reason, all of us had a starter jacket of the Dallas Cowboys or uh, the 49ers. Yep. Or you had the Windbreaker Charlotte Hornets, which is yeah. what a lot of us had. It's a weird time. I miss it, but it is sometimes misrepresented in hollywood glorified it is it was not what it appeared to be but um okay <laughs> i've drunk it <laughs> let's let's rate this bad boy guys it's okay he just wanted his machete back <sighs> nate you want the uh honor of the very first machete rating of 2022 i will go for it awesome give me your machete rating I am giving this one a 6 out of 10. Awesome. Which, this is an enjoyable movie. Mm -hmm. This is a movie that I feel like will be more impactful if you have a little one that you're wanting to introduce into horror movies. Yes. And you're not wanting them to go straight into hard R, but you're wanting to kind of dip your toes into some gore, into some fun, especially because I can see as a little kid being scared of a little demon being underneath my bed or something like that. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, like Charlie said, it's it's got some slow moments, but all around it's it's still a fun, enjoyable movie that I think you should at least watch, but I don't feel like if it's a Friday night and you're looking for that scary movie to put on, this is not it. No, no. This is this is a movie for fun and you nailed it right there because my whole thing was this is like the perfect movie to let my daughter watch Chloe because she's showing interest in a bit more scary we let her watch the first child's play um you know and i was like okay she she handled yeah. that pretty pretty well um she watched krampus you know all the other stuff so it's like she she can handle this one and i think she would enjoy it liam no my youngest <laughs> he, he won't even do not Ghostbusters. Yet. he won't even do ghostbusters now and he's nine it's like you know he's like nah i'm out i don't need this crap that you know don't don't even don't even show it to me i'm like fair <laughs> enough fair enough man you know, I, I think I'm right there with you. I'm at a six. Um, is a little slow in the beginning for me. I love the effects and the pacing brought me back. Yeah, I poked at it a little bit. You know, maybe if they had actually incorporated the orb, I could have got another half machete into they this. About it. They just straight up. I really it. think they forgot about it because they made a big deal of it. They find two of them. So now it's demon poop. And so yep. because of demon poop, I'm giving it six machetes. So it's a, it's a watch it. It's a, 
definitely i i remember watching this at a lot younger age probably not you know 11 or 12 but probably when me and ben were renting movies at around you know 15 16 we would have watched this movie because this wasn't played on you know television no for me. this was never played and i don't think it even got a proper like dvd release until mid 2000s yeah probably not so yeah all right man well that is our first half of let's uh hit them with the three sentence synopsis we'll close it out oh that's we'll right cut to that's commercial. right let's that's do right. that i almost forgot it again so a belated three sentence synopsis you ready nate i'm ready all alone while the parents are away the demons will play Nate has a theme song now. That's yeah. I've, I've added that now. There is now a theme song. 2022 is nah. moving on up. It is, other than we totally forgot it. So, you know, it's still in there before the commercial break. So, speaking of which, let's do a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll jump into the second half of our double feature. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. Like, that's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Now we're back. Now we're for the we're back. second half of our double feature. 
Yeah, I'm going to keep saying it because I like that I came up with that. Maybe someone else did it, but as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, I came up with it. Um, so, second one we're going to do is Cellar Dweller. And this is admittedly another movie that I went, I like that color or that cover. I like the color too. Um, I want to know more about that movie. So <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> this This was straight up a based off the cover and i love sometimes when we do that that it's that's how i would have picked it up at the you know movie rental place which this is another one i never saw at the movie rental store either did i and, and i looked I at all the different covers any reason why you know because it no. went straight to video this i could not yeah. find the budget on this movie at all um i don't even know who released it it just kind of appeared I'm assuming someone drew it into existence, and now that's how we all have it. Well, yeah, it's um, let's uh, let's go ahead, let's play the let's play the trailer, and we'll get into a little bit of the cast and crew and who made this and why. I might be able to shed a little bit of light on what you may not know on as far as who released it and stuff like that. So let's uh, let's play the trailer for Cellar Dweller and brace yourselves. This trailer sucks. That's the ghost of Colin Childress. Thirty years ago, he butchered a woman with an axe and then set himself on fire. It's dark. It's gloomy. It's filled with terror. <laughs> Don't even think about going down there. So why can't people stay out of the cellar? I love to be frightened. If you love to be frightened, then this cellar is the place to be. becomes a nightmare when she won't stay out of the basement and is snared by the evil cellar dweller. Yep, that's the end Whoa! of it. This is a horror movie. It's a, oh, it's a cellar dweller. I think I want you to do redo the VO on that whole trailer, Nate, when you're feeling Yeah, I think that's something better. we're going to have to like drop for people. Um, so wow. Into the cellar. Already uh, better. Yeah. Uh, let's just say I'm uh, glad I went off of the cover, not the trailer. Yeah, I, and that's what sucks, because the movie's awesome. I love this movie. I, <laughs> so, so trailer aside, I didn't, I didn't quite fall in love with it as much as I did Deadly Spawn, but this is a close second. Like, I was enjoying every second of this movie. This movie has a lot of charm to it. Uh, a lot. Um, oh, my God. And it's made by John Carl Beekler, yep. who also is responsible for Friday the 13th Part 7. That's yes. the one where Jason fights the telekinesis lady because they couldn't get the rights for him to fight Carrie. But what's notable yeah. about this, that's the man that's responsible for casting Kane Hodder 
in the mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. So that is where we get a new personality of Jason that is by far my favorite one. Um, then he made goalies go to college and just some little stuff after that. Sadly, he passed away a couple years back. Um, yeah. But the man is known for his special effects. Hatchet, the very first Hatchet movie, has incredible special effects. Yes. Um, he did the special effects for this movie, which the creature looks I love, amazing. I love the creature. I, I have it here. I'll, I'll, I'll run it. He did tr- the special effects makeup for Trancers. He did it, and the designer, and the special effects of Ghoulies. So and he designed them. Yeah, he did creature effects for from beyond terror yes. vision yes like this dude even though he didn't make much movies yeah he directed troll too like yeah god what an incredible uh resume to have so uh he also did a handful of others that also pop up in this movie um but before we dig too far into this and we don't screw up again nate we have to do the three sentence synopsis for Cellar Dweller. Are you ready? I'm ready. When art imitates life, a comic book artist is about to complete her fatal portrait. Don't go in the basement. That's probably my favorite one so far. I was yeah, I did pretty good with that one. I like that, especially if you're not feeling good. You kind of you really, you really I went know. for it at the end. I was not expecting when this that. is all finally recorded. I'm gonna go to bed and just die. He's not gonna talk at all yesterday, but you know what? I appreciate it because of how bad the trailer was. I think your three nut sentence synopsis just totally outshone it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Give me a trailer guy voice job. We'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah. So what I wanted to point out, though, is a lot of the work that this gentleman has done, the director, and also, yeah, a movie. (laughs) This is Stuart Gordon's group of people that we talked about before in From Beyond. Yes. Um, And all of these movies, not all of them, but a majority of even this guy's creature effects repertoire come from a company called empire productions which is they weren't quite as big as what i would say like i could equate it to maybe like canon even though i still feel like canon was slightly bigger than them because of you know the overseas stuff but empire is kind of the precursor to full moon full moon full moon owns the majority of the properties from Empire. So it's like a subdivision, or I guess if it came before Full Moon, yeah. And then so this Full this Moon came before, yeah. Devoured so it. it. It I think more transformed into what we know as Full oh, okay. Moon Productions now, because and there's references in this movie. There's posters in one of the kids' room of um the uh, my brain just went numb there. A uh, ghost town is a movie that was done by Empire. Um, Dolls, which was Stuart Gordon. Dolls is very prominent in it. Dolls is very prominent in the background. Another Stuart Gordon production. There was another poster I couldn't quite get a clear enough shot of, but my guess is it was one of these 
Empire movies, you know, it's like, hey, we already own the rights. Boom, there's free promo yeah, in like, this thing. Let's throw in um, our universe, I guess. Yeah. Little winks and, and nods. Did you see who wrote this movie? Let's see who wrote it. It's uh, Kit Du Bois. And Kit Du Bois isn't real because it's Don Mancini. Mm-hmm. Don he Mancini. thought he sold this before Child's Play. And he mm-hmm. thought this was going to be an embarrassment and put it underneath a pseudoname when it was released. What cracks me up is Don Mancini or Mancini has only done Child's Play. So you were embarrassed of doing this. And then, like, you literally have only done Chucky movies. Yeah, but to his credit, he's still doing them. He's involved he with the TV is. show. But my thing is, like, you were embarrassed to put your name out on this one. Like, it was going to hurt your career. But your career literally just went one singular path with one singular character. I mean, we'll get into it. I don't. I can't say he was probably 100% wrong in his thoughts. You know, especially I just seeing... don't know if it was just, like scared of like oh this is the very first thing i wrote and now it's being put together and uh i got cold feet that's probably it exactly that that really is i mean it's this is i just wonder if he owns it now like if he's like oh i actually do like this or if he's still no i feel like he kind of has to own it now you know it's listed on his imdb so you know it's not like it's still under a pseudonym you know so and you really can't just put random stuff under people's profiles, you know, or, or you can, but it has to be verified or something like that. I'm not sure. Possibly. It's, like, it's yeah. like an IMDB pro kind of thing that if you pay, you can be involved with it, but no, what do you do? But let's get back into seller dweller. Cause let's talk I, about Jeffrey Combs. I love this movie, dude. I love these movies like from beyond and these others that are straight up, cold open and even the gate was a cold open movie it's like the movie just started and this one is jeffrey combs in everything that you expect from jeffrey he's even wearing like the white lab coat from reanimator exactly like he does in reanimator and he doesn't talk he's he's only in the movie for like eight minutes but man what a great eight minutes, dude! Of those him eight just minutes, like scene chewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, is, is there anything in particular you want to talk about about that scene? Because I have something in particular I want to talk about, and I'm trying to guess if you picked up on what I picked up on. No, go for it, because I don't know if I did. I don't do good on uh, picking up. Okay. Stuff. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So we're introduced to Jeffrey Combs. He's he's drawing and he's in the the basement the cellar in the, even though the it's a basement cellar. yeah this creature just appears out of nowhere and a lot of the panels he's drawn are now happening in real life apparently let's call it apparently real life for now and when the creature materializes behind him he takes off running and runs out of the cellar shuts the door, locks it, and the monster's left down there to attack the girl, just like the comic panels. Okay, that has nothing to do with what I'm getting ready to bring up, but I feel like... I say, yeah, this kinda... is just kind of like how the movie operates. It the, is, but I'm The setting... monster works via the comic. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm setting that up. Well, he drew, he's just drawn in his comic an axe, and he 
where he stops in the hallway, there is an axe behind him. The axe has a chrome head. You with it's me? a beautiful looking axe. It's a beautiful axe. Jeffrey Combs is wearing a white trench coat, right? He grabs that axe, turns around, and has this look in his eyes as he slowly walks towards the door. And all I could hear in the background of my mind was Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah, there he is. No, yep, absolutely. You're right. <laughs> um, that was, and look, this was way before American Psycho was even written. Was even written. And if this is coincidence, then it's the greatest coincidence of all time that you tell me that um, Christian Bale. I don't know why I almost said Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. And yes, Nate, I looked it up and I can't find no reference. I can find no one even putting the two together other than me. But all I could hear was Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis playing in the background when he went down the steps to go fight the cellar dweller with an axe. While Can you imagine trench coat. if Jeffrey Combs got to play Patrick Bateman? You know, I think he could have done the manic stuff. I just don't know if he could have pulled off the, the business the suave, you know. I don't okay, know. yeah. I don't know if he could have done that because, like, God, just, there's one thing for sure. Christian Bale pulled off the businessman like that. Just the um, scene with the business cards alone, yeah, where they're comparing. I don't think Jeffrey Combs could have done that. Jeffrey Combs could have pulled off the whole scene with Jared Leto oh, because easily. he basically did that with the cellar dweller, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. The cellar dweller was the Joker, and uh, Jeffrey Combs was Batman, and they went at it. No, I I swear I just could not get that out of my head. And I was I wrote it down. I even have two pictures saved for when we post all this that I want to sh- I have a screen grab of both movies. And, and like it's... I don't think I put it together cuz I'm like, oh, this this came out before American Psycho like nah, you know. Just one of those things like this there's just no way. So I would never even thought I, I'm saying this could very well be the coincidence of all coincidence. I implore you this movie is on YouTube right now, so you we'll can pull it. up. Yeah, you can pull up this scene and just pull up the axe scene from American Psycho. And I'm not saying it's a copy by any means. I'm just saying when he grabbed that axe off the wall, Huey Lewis was playing in my brain, and I could not erase <laughs> that picture. But let's talk more about the movie. But I was I was in from Huey Lewis, basically. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. Let's do this. Now, one of the great things about this movie, because it's about a comic book artist, and like after Jeffrey Combs dies in a fire, um, it takes place 30 years later, meaning yeah, that his character is in the 50s yes. at this point. Um, the artwork is done by a guy named Frank Runner. Mm-hmm. who is known for his work with Marvel in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Doctor Strange. And he did Howard the Duck, number one and number two. Nothing wrong with that. I love Howard Nothing the Duck. Nothing wrong with that. But it just cracks me up that it's like, oh, wow. The dude who did the artwork for Cellar Dweller also gave us Howard the Duck 
<laughs> oh, I can I can see that. And I also kind of sometimes felt like they rushed the guy because there's some pictures that were drawn that were fantastic, and then he would draw someone's face, and I'm like, that kind of looks like him. I feel like because this is one of the funny things with this movie is the creature is killing people as it's being drawn. Which at first means it has to be kind of slow at first, right? Yeah. So I feel like they're like trying to show an artist drawing really fast. Mm-hmm. And when you're drawing real fast, you're drawing real sloppy. And that's yeah. why you get some uh comic cells that look fantastic. Like we're really I was like, man, these are great. And then other ones you're like, it's good, but what happened? And yeah. it's like obviously they're trying to show that it um she, the main character, I think her name is Whitney, is so. wanting to bring back jeffrey combs artwork and like the whole movie feels like an ode to um the comic books before the comic book code yeah so there were like so i i told you this earlier and we were going to talk about it was this whole movie felt like an extended episode of tales from the crypt yeah you know tales from the dark side it's all this movie it's long it's a quick breeze this movie is so fast and fun. I mean, if you've got a little bit of time to spend, spend it on this one. But this one kind of felt like those old, before the comic code comics, like the Terrors from the Vault type things. Yeah, where was, there was monsters. And a lot of monsters and zombies or, and yeah. all this other stuff before, you know, the big ones that we know now of DC and Marvel and all these other ones that took over. And, it, I mean, it, it just screams that. Even the cover of Cellar Dweller that they paint on the basement wall just looks like one of those old school, like, even Swamp Thing kind of covers Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Like, it, that's exactly what it reminds you of. Well, yeah, th- so she's she's there at this art college, this art It's like a, studio. it's not art college, but like an art dorm room almost, where yeah. after you've completed college... Maybe you and other artists would live there, and you all have your different projects that you would work on and kind of support one another. And she yeah. goes to this one. That way she can continue to draw Jeffrey Combs' cellar dweller, and she wants to be where he died. Yeah, so she probably pulled strings with the art, the, the directors yeah, of the she program. she definitely pulled strings with someone to be able to get there. And the headmaster's yeah. like, that room's off limits. And I'm like, oh, it's haunted. It's got a ghost. But yeah. it's like, no, we just don't want people in that. And she eventually, yeah. like, gets her way and moves in there and then starts drawing the mm-hmm. cellar dweller, who is what cracks me up, half werewolf, half vampire, half demon, half ghost. It's literally everything except an alien. Basically. <laughs> it's everything we... So, like we were talking, we've tried to touch all on all the bases as we've gone through this show. And now we've just mixed them all up in one without the alien. So we'll just add this, Jeffrey Combs to it. Yeah, he's got this carved um, upside Pentagram. down star in his chest. So we find out that he is summoned by this book of demon spells that Jeffrey Combs' character had. Which, where do people keep getting these cool books? I have no idea, man. I don't understand where everyone gets a really cool book. Like, I go into half price books and use bookstores, and I never find, like, an old, creepy, leather-bound, don't-open-beware book. I got looked at real weird at B. Dalton when I asked for a nepro- Necronomicon one time, so <laughs> I quit asking. Um, but, no, I'm with you. Where Where did this stuff come from? 
But anyway, he he is drawing the comic and then taking words from the book for his word balloon and the one there's one phrase he takes out of there which is what awakens the demon and it possesses what was drawn. So, it's not like he drew this demon as it was, it was his creation and the demon took over. It personified into that drawing. Yeah, it found its way in it. And I do love like the demon will talk but only when it has word balloon bubbles. Yeah. yeah. And I do wish that he would talk like in general cuz he always kind of has this confused look when he first appears. And it cracked Dude. me up so much cuz I was thinking like maybe he's thinking like why can't someone draw me in a park? Why am I he, always being drawn in a cellar? Maybe I want some sunshine. He looked like a juicy Ludo from Labyrinth. Yes. His face. Like, he's just wet. And He's but wet, his, and he's got a craving for arms. This dude he, eats so oh many God. arms. Arms and feet. He shoved a foot in his mouth. And it's always but like I, the flesh tearing away shot. Which I love so much in anything. And it's hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. And it, as he's chewing. And so, it's so, I love it so, but it's also very weird to see. So, the first couple times. So, one thing I want to bring up, because we'd be doing her a disservice if we don't. The headmaster, Miss Briggs, is Yvonne DiCarlo. For those of you that don't know, that's Lily Munster from the Munsters. I mean... Come on. She's awesome. It is awesome. It's awesome that they got her in this. Yes, she's a lot older in this, but and she does chew the scenery quite a bit in this movie, and I love it. Um, yeah, like um I, I guess the only thing I can compare it to is like Large Marge in uh Pee Wee. Yeah, kinda. She that, she's that's just kind of what it reminded me of for some reason. Just like steals the scenes. It's very over the top, steals the scenes. She she does not like uh, Whitney, who's there. Whitney's literally there because she's excited she's where Jeffrey Combs' character was and supposedly murdered someone 30 years years ago. So she's yeah, like, I'm excited to be here. When he burnt down his workshop, they found the body of the woman that he was drawing as well that got yeah. eaten by the creature who only eats arms. Yeah. Um, And then we find out that she has a rival from her art school that she did go to named mm-hmm. Amanda, who's like a total creeper that's like spying on her, um, trying to convince people that she uh, plagiarizes others' work. And I'm sorry, dude. She straight up looked like she was 40-some years old in this movie. Like, <laughs> I was having a hard time believing that she just got out of college. I'm like, really, lady? You look like you'd be like working for one of those like uh, sleazy... Uh, uh, news stations, you know, what Geraldo Riviera used to work for, you know, those, those type of, yeah. uh, that's, it's cause she was 43 when she was making this <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I nailed that then. I did so not, she was look not at a the... 20 year old who just got out of art school. No, no, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's talk more <laughs> about the creature. Funny. The creature's awesome. Werewolf creature. The the creature and then the guy that like is following Whitney around, Brian Robbins. And Yeah. Uh Philip is his character's name. And he is like what, Ducky? 
kind of uh, 16 candles right like that's yeah, kind of what i got from him like he kind of got the goofball very much the goofball character he was eric in head of the class for those of you in my generation so really probably the only other notable besides lily yeah then like each student has kind of got their own art thing like we got a guy named norman in this where he's kind of like a improv detective I'd say. Yeah, he's an ex-private eye who's, I guess, trying a new career path. Trying to do, like, it seems like acting, but he's acting what he knows, which is being a private eye. Dude, they totally played, like, the 1940s detective music when he's typing at the typewriter later in oh, the Oh, yeah, movie. definitely. Like, yeah. it's just clouded with cigarette smoke, you know? Yeah, that, that whole saxophone-type background. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing going on. It was a dark, lonely night. Yeah. Dark, kind of lonely nights where only crooks come out. That's right. The dark, lonely nights that you only get lonely in the night for. The only lonely nights, and only a dame could help those lonely nights not feel so lonely. <laughs> That's pretty much, dude, that was really what they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this whole this whole thing of the headmas- headmaster gets Amanda to help frame Whitney because she wants her out of the program. Uh, and Whitney gets so mad. So catty. Yeah, she gets so mad that she draws Amanda dying at the hands of the cellar dweller. And she's Hey, I just, get it. If I could draw like that. Heck yeah, man. Vengeance on all the ones that do me wrong. And she's just happily drawn away while we're... Every time a new panel pops up, we're watching it happen in the room. The cellar dweller materializes behind Amanda, and it just starts ripping off body parts. And and just a random splash of blood goes flying on the wall from definitely a bucket. (laughs) I love that blood splatter because, yeah, it's clearly like a five-gallon bucket onto the wall. (laughs) It is totally splashed. Uh, a lot of that classic, like, screaming, monster face, screaming, monster face. Yep. Then all of a and sudden, uh, a shadow of body parts being ripped off. And then the cellar dweller is happily sitting there eating them. It even goes into, like, cartoonish levels, though, because, like, it she does. slips and falls on a banana peel. Because she that drew. Whitney draws onto the comic panel. And then it just magically appears. And then when she yep. slips and falls, she goes to a door to grab the door handle. And the doorknob Whitney makes the doorknob disappear. And you get this amazing 80s effect of it going like, boop, and like going it away. It made a sound effect. Yeah. It was so hilarious. I think, and that's one of the things I, I think with this movie was, I liked everything they were doing with it. It, it just hit every chord with me as it went. You know, it felt like it tells from the crypt. itself seriously. Like, it, it had such didn't. a campy humor to it uh, with all these, like, winks and nods that were so much fun because um, we get, a, obviously, it's the 80s, a gratuitous nude scene where oh, another yeah. one of the students is in the shower. And then now the creature is, like, drawing itself. I yeah, guess, the, the page appearing on the cells. The the pages are manifesting now, you know, so, yeah, he chases the girl in the shower around for a little bit, and it's it's straight up 80s horror. We need more boob 
And yeah, that's that was what literally got. what this scene was for. It was like, well, we don't have boobs yet, so let's just throw no. in a shower scene here. Even there's naked woman panels in the comic of yeah. her running around. <laughs> <laughs> that are all very well drawn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, those ones, no expense spared. <laughs> that guy took his time yes. drawing those. I'm going to make sure these curves are uh, right. Yeah, and uh, the one I, lo- I do love, and the one that blew me away was just before that, the detective private eye guy starts figuring out something's going on. Amanda's missing, all the stuff he thinks Whitney killed her, and the creature manifests itself behind him attacks him and then rips his head off clean off and you get this amazing shot of just like a neck stub and fluids <laughs> like and nate's not talking like skin neck we're talking the esophagus the little yeah. tube is sticking up out and blood is spurting in the air and i'm just like oh i was not expecting it's- that Every Guar show I've been to, yeah, it's that. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's perfect. It's like, we're going to give you some blood. We're going to give you some of this. Yeah, now we're really going to go for it. We're going to rip a dude's head off. Guess what's next? Boobs. Yeah, you know, guess exactly. what's the, It's all, it's everything in these movies. Are you 16 years old and watching this in the middle of the night? Don't worry. We got you, buddy. We got you, bro. You know, there's no hand, no eyeball in that hand. You're good to go, bud. Um, but (laughs) cool, I can wank it. (laughs) So, uh, eventually, everyone gets killed because the creature has now decided everyone has to die and tears everyone apart. Good, bad, friends of Whitney's. The boyfriend literally gets pulled into a cartoon panel with these giant furry arms that jump up through the table and grab him and i love yeah, he that gets shot turned too. into the uh is it the aha music video <laughs> totally the aha <laughs> that's what it video. is <laughs> yeah, the monster's like take me on yeah. <laughs> we're better with the huey lewis thing but <laughs> <laughs> this episode's going so long it's awesome i don't care it's a double feature you guys are gonna it's a double you feature end up being way longer you love it or you don't, man. We're having a blast. But uh, no, so everyone disappears, and then she figures out how to defeat the monster the first time, and it's with the most gigantic capacity small bottle of white out I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it is, that white out covers everything. It's so small, but when it hits the page... It almost wipes out the entire And these are page. giant art pages, too. And she spills white out on the monster, and it disappears. So she's defeated the monster. But she accidentally got white out over her friend, the boyfriend, and he's gone <laughs> now. Like, he can't yeah. come back through the panel. And she's freaking out. And so she's going through this, like, range of emotions running around, like, freaking out and then i'm sitting there watching the movie going draw them just draw them yeah and that's you what have she this does. power now just start drawing whatever yeah. you want yeah the power that come from the spell book but let's not forget there's no magic pencil or anything yeah, yeah it's like, because of the spell book draw a woman just, with three boobs so 
she starts drawing everyone starts with the the boyfriend he comes popping back up out of the panel he's excited they're hugging they're kissing and i didn't quite understand this she draws the monster back but it's chained up i didn't i, I didn't under, why would you draw the monster she back she wanted to kill it in real life but it was gone that way it will <laughs> die on paper it was gone it, yeah i don't know a lot happens in like this 10 minute oh. span not, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think it's 10 minutes. I, I really think it's like seven. So she draws him back. He pops back through. They're all happy. They kiss. And they're like, oh, we can draw everyone else. And so they're like, who first? Not Amanda. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so she draws everyone. And then they go upstairs and everyone's just sitting on the couch talking nonchalantly. And I'm sitting in there watching the movie going, did I really just watch another movie where no one dies? Like, are you taking all of this away from my body count? Yep. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Whatever. They were still cool looking kills. I get to talk about them. And she goes back downstairs and they're like, well, what do we do with the monster? And she goes, well, we can destroy it by setting it on fire. So she grabs the panel, lights it on fire, which, by the way, we didn't say that's how Jeffrey Combs killed it in the beginning, but he got caught in the fire. So she lights the comic things on. The the boyfriend slides a trash can over, and they're putting all of the papers in the trash can, and the monster's like, roaring and disappearing, and there's fire all around it, and it's dying. And then it dawns on her that she's burning all of the pictures of all the other people. Yeah, because she like threw her whole portfolio, everything she in just the fire. And so and now everyone's dying again. <laughs> everyone is dying a painful death. The monster is laughing, like, <laughs> like Jabba the Hutt, and the boyfriend dies last in the most excruciating. Yeah, scream and yell we just know everyone else dies but we actually get to see philip like kind of realize that his insides are bursting in flames yeah and she's like panicking but there's nothing like the pages are almost gone so everything everybody dies the monster disappears everything's done she's just kind of left there like trying to think about what happened and i'm sitting there going Okay, that's kind of a downer ending. I get it that she's the last one. She killed everyone again. And the monster comes back again. And it's, it says something like, I can always be reborn through man's imagination. Yeah, it's wherever there's imagination, I will dwell. Yeah, and reaches out and you get that whole same thing they kept doing where show the monster's face, woman screaming, show the monster's face, woman screaming. Yeah, and back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and he's just going towards her and then fade to black. That was the end of the movie. Yep. I, lo- I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I can't say I loved it <laughs> enough. It's so bad. I loved it. Because oh. you nailed it. It did not take itself serious. It didn't. You want to know something that we glossed over too, but I wanted to save this to the very end just to kind of make everyone go, well, sure. that's batshit crazy. Sure. 
the head keeper turns into the monster. The housekeeper does. Oh, I forgot about Lil- that. Uh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Lily turns into the monster. I didn't get it. I didn't care. <laughs> I had fun with it. <laughs> it was because it was the monster controlling everything. So we're, that was when it was drawing itself. It drew itself of that's how it manifested to attack Whitney was what would be shocking. We need a prosthetic now. The other one we didn't talk about that I kind of thought was cool was her little vision dream when she first saw the door to the basement where you don't realize it's a dream. She got the, the headmistress goes, don't go down the basement. Yep. walks away and she immediately goes down the basement and I'm like well this this chick ain't listening and Jackie's laughing care. at me I'm like she's <laughs> going she's doing it she said to not to and she's going to and she goes down the steps and I'm like those aren't the same steps what, what everything's like white there's like sculptures down there and then the girl from the beginning of the movie is tied up on this table and then zombified Jeffrey Combs comes running out of the back with a trench coat and an axe again yep. and slams it down through the blonde girl on the table. And we figure out Whitney kind of snaps out of it and it's a dream. And she's smiling. Like oh, she just inspiration right there. Well, I'm like, that wasn't like a fever dream. That was her imagination already. Like yeah. she went there. I'm like, she was already Ooh. ready. Like, all right. We're in the murder house. And it was just, it was like a, almost like another cold open where you just had no, there was no like lead up to this being anything but like, what's happening? I have no idea what's going on right now. Oh crap. It's a dream. I didn't even, I wasn't even putting that together yet because I had no idea where this movie was going. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. The Sweller Dweller is my favorite. It stuck with me. That was the big thing. Uh, When the movie was over, and then it was a couple days passed, because for some reason I just kept thinking, I was like, man, I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Like, it just really, like, the more I thought on it, I was like, man, that was was a fun one. (laughs) I literally messaged Nate and went, are you going to blindside me again like you did with Deadly Spawn? Because I was like, like, I can't can't handle that again. He's like, no, 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 no. I was like, good, because I adore this movie. I really did. <laughs> I had so much fun watching this movie, but um, no, it's it's definitely, definitely one I recommend. But let's get into everything because I don't want to wrap all that up right yet. Well, uh, you want to get into uh, the blood? Do body count. right in 2022 you get it dose time so um again i really was watching this movie with this sinking feeling in my stomach that i was not going to get any body counts <laughs> with that <laughs> first throw away uh you know everyone come back to life i was actually upset <laughs> i was like no damn it i didn't say to the credits maybe everyone comes back <laughs> yeah i was like man uh, I did say through the credits, they don't come back. Uh, it's now oh, habit. Good. It's now habit. I just leave it on the credits. And with the 80s, it's habit now. 
it is. Um, everyone dies in this movie, and we've counted it down to where eight people die. The only survivor of the entire movie cast is the taxi driver that drops her off. Everyone else dies. Eight is our body count in this. And yeah, an amazing decapitation, uh, the thing eating body parts. And obviously it's like reused um, film stock from when they filmed it one time. It's like, okay. And now really? he ate this other one. And we have one same. arm. Let's just, you know, tweak it a bit. That's that's yeah. all we can do. Let, let's do that. And even to the point where he's eating the girl that was in the shower and they see the comic panels happening and put two and two together that it's controlling it. It's and they run up. That. Yeah. <laughs> they run upstairs to break down the door and they finally do. But the whole time they're beating on the door, the monster's still just sitting there like, nope. Nope. Nom, nom, nope. nom. I like, He's like arms. Totally not bothered. He's like, I don't care. They can knock down the door. I don't <laughs> care. This is I'm I'm gonna finish what I'm eating. If, if they um, come in here, they have arms. I'll probably eat them yeah. too. And I don't I, I love this movie so much, I don't want to leave parts out for people that are probably not gonna watch it. Is every time he killed someone and they went to look for the body, there was nothing in the room. There was no blood. There was no yeah, body. Like, that was the weird thing. He's really good at being a cleaner. Yeah. The blood that splashed up on the wall, not there. Gone. It, it, so it was happening and not happening at the same time, which, cool. I get that. You know, that's, I guess that's the ghost end of the vampire werewolf, you know, uh, demon ghost. You know, that's, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, no. Eight on the body count. I'm rambling at this point, man. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. Wanna, it's let's go into our machetes. You go I first. Guess. I guess. Let me let me find the button. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Whew. This is the. I know. I say I'm rambling. It's just where we've talked about two movies that I feel like there was a lot maybe could have been squeezed into one whole episode. I just wasn't hundred percent confident we could do an hour and a half on each one. Yeah. Mm. It would have been difficult without it sounding overdone. Yeah. Like, like dragging rambling and kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which even now I feel like I'm rambling, but I, I'm also keep remembering things I want to talk about, but you know, Hey, you've listened to us now for almost a year. You know what you're getting. You kind of get what you're going to get sometimes. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting better. Uh, Cellar Dweller, my machete rating is a seven and a half. I, I love this movie. I really did. The design of the creature really put this one way up there. The fact it didn't take itself serious. It was like a parody of itself as you watched it. Yet it was still done well. It was still like, I like what you're doing here. Yeah. And it doesn't. There are direct-to-video movies from this era that when you watch it go, yep, that's definitely direct-to-video. Like, mm -hmm. compared to nowadays when something goes straight to streaming, like, it, it still has, like, quality of something that's in theaters first. There yeah. was a very long time where it's, like, if something went direct-to-video, like, that's a very catered audience that it was going to. Why this didn't make it to theaters? It would have flopped. I guarantee it. But Oh, 100%. Um, it's just, it's a well-made movie. It is, but I did notice in researching this that this is not very well loved in the horror community. 
No, for some reason, there's not people that like it as much as we do. But like no, to me, it's a cheesy, campy, fun ride. Like you I can't go wrong with that. I read a couple of reviews where people are like giving this director down the road, like, "Why would you have ever tried to do this? Stick to what you know. This is utter trash." Don't ever do movies like this again. And I'm sitting there going, did I watch the same movie as you guys? Or are you guys such pretentious assholes that yeah. you can't see past the shit on your nose? And yeah, I know what I'm saying. But I'm like, this movie had every bit of what Nate was talking about with Deadly Spawn was it had all of the charm I wanted. It gave me every checklist of a horror movie of the time. It gave it to me. It it was well done yet overacted in parts and it worked. I I never took this as a serious horror movie. No, it's not meant to be like, oh, this is the movie that's gonna scare me. Like No. Maybe but if it's you're not like eight. It's it's not a comedy either. It's it's no. just it's just a movie that didn't take itself serious but had a lot of love and care put into it. Like the monster was well done. It wasn't like they went and bought the fake Muppet fur at the closest craft store and threw it on just a mannequin of a dude and, you know, did a crappy prosthetic face on it. No, we could have not ripped the head off of someone. That's a lot of effort. Why would we do that? Because we want to. Why would we put prosthetics on Lily Munster's face to turn her into the monster? Because we're good at it and we're going to do it. Yeah. If anything, this would be like what I would show people that prospectively wanted to hire me for special effects. I'd be like, hey, I directed this little thing. It's not very long. We had fun. Don't take it as a serious horror movie, but But here's what I can do. Look what we did with this budget, whatever, whatever, whatever few thousand dollars yeah you know i mean come on we know what they did deadly spawn with so which was anywhere from 25 to thirty thousand dollars. yep i would have to say this one's probably six figures somewhere around there i think it's gonna be shy of a million because it was filmed in rome and we know that anything that's filmed overseas back then much much cheaper from beyond had a two million dollar budget but it was filmed in italy or rome i believe I yeah, can't so what it was, but and it's the, it it's would have the been same 15 people. million here. Yeah, and it's the same people that are behind this. Everyone that was part of the whole Stuart uh, Gordon, you know, productions. Dream yeah, Dream Team. This is them. It just doesn't have Stuart Gordon's name on it, but I guarantee Stuart Gordon was involved. There's no I mean, way he wasn't. They probably called him for like advice, or maybe he'd send him a. Uh the tapes and stuff of like, Hey, here's or what it's, so far. it's straight up. Hey, we can't afford to put your name on it. And he's like, I don't care. Just I'll be there. I'll, 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 I'll point you in the right directions to go. I like yeah, that idea. Go for it. Yeah. Just totally as a friend. And I think that's also why we got Jeffrey Combs. He probably read the thing and went, it sounds fun. I'll do it. And, you know, and I've only got to be there for what? Two, three days. I get a trip no to Rome. Yeah, no problem. Let's knock it out. Or they filmed it while doing other projects. Could be. That's always possible. Um, no. Absolute blast of a movie. 7.5 for me. Nate, what's your machete? Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going with a 7. Just a little bit lower. That's but, fine. But I mean, it's still respectable. Um, the big thing with this is you do get a lot of creature time. Yes, there's a lot of just close face shots. 
Um, but there is another movie that John Carl Bleeker was a part of in making the creature, which mm-hmm. is Project Metal Beast. Project Metal Beast <laughs> is a movie that has so much potential that never quite gets there because you get an amazing costume, an mm-hmm. amazing creature. You also get like 80 minutes of terrible, boring, fake science thrown in there and yes. very little creature time. This movie is the opposite of just like let the creature show, let him do its thing. There isn't much of a budget, but what it utilizes and what it's going for is fantastic it's fun um it gets completely batshit crazy within those last seven minutes it really does it had me guessing at the end i mean even i'm sitting there going crap everyone come back to life oh wait no they didn't and you know and (laughs) they're back they're dead this was the other thing that just that kept ringing in my ear was the the tales from the crypt kind of trope was good doesn't always win you know, sometimes there's this other thing where the the bad guy actually does win or the creature actually does succeed. It's a very Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side kind of spin on things. And yeah. this movie ends on that. Like, they all die. The creature's yeah, still it's... doing its thing. This one gave us every monster. <laughs> it did. It's like, we don't I'm... even have to pick. Let's just... Someone's like, what do we make it? I don't know, a vampire. I don't know, a wolf, wolverine or a werewolf or uh, a, a, a how ghost? about a ghost, a, a demon. And then someone's like, how about all of them? <laughs> <gasps> Damn it, John, you're you are promoted. You brilliant bastard. You. <laughs> <laughs> this was man bear pig before man bear pig. <laughs> it's totally man bear pig. It's man bear pig. All right, Super man. Cereal. Super cereal. I think we've covered our double feature well enough with uh, the gate and cellar dweller. Uh, if you guys stuck it out this long, we appreciate y'all. Thank you. Um, <laughs> welcome to the for new hearing year. Us ramble. Yeah, we'll do single episodes here for a little while coming up. Yeah. Like I said, we <laughs> we got our anniversary episodes coming up. We got a couple of birthday episodes coming up, so we'll have some fun things coming out. Uh, don't forget to check us out over on Facebook. Uh, give me back my horror movies. Give me back my action movies. Uh, Nate has now taken the reins of give me back my horror movies, Instagram page. Um, I will still be posting on there from time to time, but it's kind of nice since I manage the action to have someone else that can focus yeah, a little bit more came to on... our senses of like, Hey, it's having two on one. Let's just split it up and make it easier. Um, so yeah, follow us all there. You can email us at gmbmampod at gmail.com. Uh, you've heard our podcast network. You've heard the commercials. I don't need to go all the way back through that because we're running a little bit long today. So we're going to be a little bit abbreviated, but it's not that I'm forgetting. It's that I'm omitting. It, yep. uh, <laughs> that was right off the cuff right there. Too, so. <laughs> Nate. Welcome to 2022, brother. We did it. We're here. Congratulations. Officially. It is, man. We'll uh, maybe we'll figure this whole podcasting out after this year. This could be the year. Probably not. Nah. Why don't you uh, get us out of here with the good word, brother? Groovy. Hail to the king, baby.